Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. So thank you everybody very much for joining us. It's lovely to see you all here. So my name is Louise Greenwood and I am Director of Education and Training at Wessex LMCs and I'm particularly delighted we've got Michelle Lombardi with us, one of our Directors of Primary Care, Dawn Childcraft, Deputy Director of Primary Care and Dr Will Howard, who's one of our Medical Directors. So we're recording this session as we always do, which, which will be available as an audio podcast afterwards. We've also got a slide, so we'll put it on as a webinar too, if that's helpful for you. And use a Q&A box. Um, again, it's helpful for everybody to be able to see and we can then tap in some answers. And it enables us to sort of keep a little bit of a, an eye on all the questions coming in. Um, and we'll pu publish any answers, any answers that we don't have questions to um, a little bit later. We'll publish that with the podcast um, because we know that we try and answer things, but we don't just wing it. We just make sure we do know the answers. If you don't know, we'll go and find out and we'll, we'll come back to you. So unsurprisingly, we're starting with flu today. Um, and I think, Michelle, you're going to start start us off with this. And I think then, um, Will, you're going to come in um, for some more thoughts in a little while. So I will share my screen, um, Michelle, and over to you. Thanks, Louise. So um, as Louise has mentioned, we're going to talk about the debacle that has been flu this year, unfortunately. Um, so I'm going to talk a bit about the timelines and the information that's been released. And then Will's going to uh, chat more about uh, and discuss the uh, BMA view and uh, the firm commitments and the discussions that we're having with uh, local ICBs. So on the 4th of August, uh, the flu and COVID specifications were released. So for flu, that included the uh, one for the adult and one for the child. And then obviously COVID is just one specification. And at the time of these being released, there was no indication of any different approaches by NHS, NHS England and that everybody was on track to deliver flu as they have done in every other year. However, after that being released, over a period of about a week, there seemed to be some discussion and suggestions that flu clinics um, may be pushed back. Um, and this was to enable potentially flu and COVID to be co-administered. And I think when you look at the specifications, there is the option um, for this to happen. And I think it was, as it was the case last year, that um, practices and PCNs could choose to do this. However, there seemed to be a, um, a, an a uh, uh, an assumption that these would be given together. I think probably worth just noting at this moment in time that the option, the, there is the option to sign up for one or both. So it's not a requirement to co-administer um, flu and COVID. So I can remember on uh, the 8th of August, I was uh, searching through uh, Sky News and there was a piece on there that was saying that flu clinics would be pushed back to enable um, co uh, COVID and flu to be given together. Um, however, there was never anything official announced during that time. So during this time, the BMA have been working extensively on, uh, on this and uh, they put a statement out at lunchtime of the 10th of August, which clearly stated that practice could proceed with any flu clinics that had already been arranged and to proceed to contact eligible patients to fill those scheduled clinics. Um, you'll see on the slide, I've used the wording that came uh, um, in the statement from the BMA, um, which is based on that 3.1 of the enhanced service. It states it begins on the 1st of September and we seem to have um, start dates and commencement dates and can't really understand the difference to be honest, but that's um, uh, clearly a debate that's happening. Uh, and on the same day, on the 10th, NHS England then issued a letter stating commencement date uh, for nursing homes was the 2nd of October um, and any other patient would be from the 7th of October. Probably just to, uh, worth uh, mentioning that that excludes children because they were asking practices to prioritise children in September. 
Then within that same letter, there is a a sentence which I'm going to read as it's important that that states payments for vaccinations will ordinarily be uh, only be made following the service commencement date. However, we understand that some firm commitments and appointments have already been made. So where this is the case and the patient wishes to receive flu vaccinations in September, NHS England will permit payment claims to be submitted. So this is a really key paragraph in that letter. Um, and Will's going to come on in, in a second to talk a bit about firm commitments and what our view is on that. Uh, so really just wanted to highlight that also within the enhanced service, it does enable post-verification processes. Um, however, what we would suggest is that if you can keep information around um, rotors, venue bookings, planning with staff, uh, confirmation from staff, uh, and if this is required at any such time, then that would enable um, the post-verification process. One other thing I just wanted to mention and highlight within the service specification is that um, previous years, claims, uh, you had a six-month window to get your claims in for your item of service. However, for this year, you now only have three months. So please, please could you just be aware of that and, uh, and get them in within this time frame? And then finally, just a few things we wanted to highlight, uh, top tips. So we always create a top tips booklet that pulls all the information together from the various sources as there's so much out there. This will be uploaded to our website by the end of this week. Uh, Lunch and learn on flu that you can do with your teams has been uploaded to our website today. So that's available. We are getting some queries from practice around the calculator that we've done in previous years to understand um, the implications of the changes that are being proposed. Uh, and we are just reviewing that. Uh, this, so hopefully we'll have a version for this year. And then finally, you may have already seen it, but the newsletter today has gone out and the main piece is on COVID and flu. So that's just a whistle stop tour of the last um, couple of weeks. And I'm just gonna hand over to Will, who's gonna talk a bit about our conversations with ICBs BMA and uh, and where we're at. Thank you so much, Michelle. That's that's brilliant. I I think you called it a debacle, um, and I think you were being as polite as possible there, using the best language you possibly could. I've used um, various swear words in private, and I think most practice managers and GP clinical directors, PCN directors. Um, who are responsible for offering the COVID and especially the flu vaccination program have uttered a few swear words and it certainly made my blood pressure rise. Um, And so we wanted to give you a a little bit more of the narrative that's behind the scenes with regard to Wessex LMC's view on the flu program and the changes that NHS England tried to impose but were quite vigorously rebuffed by the BMA in their statement and have added, therefore, this paragraph to their letter, which Michelle has outlined. Um, Most importantly, there's this sentence that says, we understand that some firm commitments and appointments have already been made. And you'll see in the newsletter piece that's just been sent to uh, all practice managers and GPs in Wessex, that basically, in a nutshell, the BMA suggests that practices should continue to fill their already scheduled flu clinics for next month and deliver them as planned. So what do firm commitments really mean? Um, in our view, firm commitments mean any plans that have already been made, especially if they've incurred any cost. And to us, cost includes time. Time is a cost to partners, to practice managers. And therefore, if any of you as practice managers or any of your teams have devoted and committed time to planning the COVID vaccination program, uh, sorry, the flu vaccination program in September, you should continue with those plans. Um, if it's complex and difficult for you to change them. 
We'd also urge you, though, to ensure that you keep any evidence that you might have. They may include email trails. They may include bookings where, for example, we've had practices who suggested they asked all of their staff to delay any holidays um, around the second two weeks in September because uh, they normally deliver the flu vaccination program in the second two weeks in September. And therefore, they asked their um, staff to take their holidays in October if possible. Um, and staff have accommodated that as far as they could. I think we can safely say that is a firm commitment to deliver the flu vaccination program, but maintain the evidence, keep the emails that you sent to your staff so that you can evidence that this was a firm commitment. Very importantly, we will, as an LMC, support you and we have the full backing of the BMA to support any practices where they may get any rebuffs with regard to claims of vaccinations that were given in September. As long as you can show us and demonstrate to us that you had some form of commitment in place. And I think that, that would be something that the commissioners would want. We would really hope that um, any plans that you've made, you just carry on with regardless of NHS England's initial letter and you should follow the BMA guidance and what we as an LMC are absolutely saying in the same uh, sense as the BMA. So I hope that reassures practices um, and I hope it reassures all of the teams that are delivering the flu vaccination programme that you can carry on regardless. If you are able to change your vaccination uh, clinics to a later date and that it isn't going to cause you any upheaval at all, then that would be a reasonable decision to make. But as practices, you need to make that decision. Um, however, I would urge you to carry on as you are um, with anything that you've already booked and planned to book, including staff rotors. If you've booked staff rotors, then absolutely you should carry on. That's a commitment. Um, if you've spent time adding rotors to your teams, then you should carry on and continue with those clinics that you've got. So I would absolutely urge you to do so. Um, uh, and with regard then moving on to the COVID vaccination program, we just wanted to note that the clear message from NHS England with the reduction in the pricing, the item of service that you can uh, claim for the uh, provision of the COVID vaccination being dropped by just over 25% this year in order to try and encourage practices to co-administer. I'm not really sure that that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I don't think that reducing the price encourages us to do anything other than stop delivering it. Um, and that practices, we would urge that all practices and PCNs look very closely at the business sense that it might make to go ahead and give COVID vaccinations um, because you may well need to have booked a huge number of staff to deliver COVID vaccination. It takes longer than a few jab, the complexity of the booking process. Um, and we would urge you to consider that very vigorously. I was on a call last night with the Hampshire Isle of Wight vaccination um, leads. I think it was the one that most practice managers, PCN managers and, and CDs would also join. And I think it's very important to point out that we spoke pretty vigorously to the teams at the ICB and public health. They are stuck in the middle as ICBs. They've heard what NHS England have instructed them to tell practices to do. Public health, health held uh, the same view that they must speak with the voice of um, NHS England. But that they were very, very sympathetic as a local team to the problems that practices may now have. So I would feel local teams are incredibly sympathetic and they understand that this late commitment and this late change uh, by NHS England is very impractical 
to say the least. And so I think we definitely have local teams on our side in supporting the delivery to their populations. If we all say we can't therefore do it, for example, especially the COVID programme, they don't have a plan B in most areas. And so I would absolutely say that the commissioners will be on our side to deliver it to their population in any way that they can. Uh, but bearing in mind who their paymasters are, and as such, we uh, at the LMC would support any practices that are struggling with their ICB and any claims that they might be making um, with flu and any decisions that they might be making with delivering the COVID seasonal campaign. Uh, did anyone else on the team want to add anything to that? Well, I just check, Will. So if you've got vaccines coming in, that is firm commitment. If you've got stock arriving. Stock arriving, but you would always have stock arriving. Um, and, and it's whether you have stock arriving and clinics already in your rotors to give that stock. We made it very clear as well to public health that having stock sitting in a fridge unused is a risk. Mm. Every day that that stock is in a fridge is a day the fridge might break down and it becomes wasted because of uh, you lose the cold chain. That is a risk. Um, also, if we're looking at PCNs delivering and co-administering, we're, we're looking at having large stocks which might not fit in fridges. That's a risk. And I'm, uh, I think that we need to be very clear that although you may have stock, if you've got stock and you've got some clinics booked, carry on with those clinics. Um, I hope that answers the question. Great. Thank you. There are a couple of ones that have come in actually for you, Will um, or Michelle. So we have reserved enough flu vaccines for our housebound and nursing home patients. Presumably, we won't be able to vaccinate this cohort in that case. So flu vaccines for housebound and nursing home, about vaccinating them. Michelle? So my feeling is if you had planned and you can and you've got commitments in place for those clinics, for those sorry, for those uh, for the nursing homes, then actually, yes, you can go ahead with on the ba on the basis from the BMA would be my suggestion. Will, would you agree with that? I agree. You've made a if you've made a commitment that you've got staff rotated to a turn up in order to deliver them or you've removed rotors that otherwise would have been there to allow your staff to go out to care homes. That is a commitment that would allow you to do that. Lovely, that's really clear. Um, will, I don't know whether we know this, will pharmacies be working to the same guidance? They have had clinics booked for months. We would lose huge market share if we didn't press on where arrangements have already been made in that case. Absolutely, we'll that was that was confirmed on the call last night that they, they were very clear that pharmacies would be treated in the same way as general practice. And if you as practices come across any pharmacies that you believe are behaving in a different way, then you should talk to the um, LPC or the ICB with regard to that, or we can put you in touch with the right people. LPC being the local pharmacy committee. Um, and I guess if people don't know where it is, Google it, or I'm sure it's on our website if people, if people need that. Okay. Um, Final question for the moment. We started booking into a flu clinic for the 30th of September before the 10th of August. This clinic isn't full yet, but lots of patients have been booked. Can we carry on booking into this clinic and payment will be received? I think, sorry, Will, I don't know if you want to answer or uh, I think based on the BMA guidance, yes, is the answer. Absolutely. To add a little bit more meat to that, 
Absolutely, yes, because you've got staff rotated to deliver it. If you said, oh, by the way, can you turn up from one to two? The staff will probably go because that's all you've got booked in rather than a full session. They'll probably go, no, I want to do a full session. You have to pay me for a full session. I've made the commitment to come in. Um, and so I'd absolutely, yes, go ahead. That question was asked of the ICB and Public Health last night in Hampshire, Isle of Wight, and they considered that a commitment. Excellent. Um, thank you. There are no more questions about that at the moment. Um, hopefully we've made that really clear. Michelle and Wilma has been very, very useful. Um, I'm sure, yeah, there'll be conversations for a little while about this sort of thing. Um, but we hope that's been useful for everybody. Um, and as all questions just come in, let me just see if there's a flu one. Okay. What protections are there regarding payments without delay? I.e. if you run a clinic on the 30th of September and NHSC challenge it, will payment be delayed? Interesting. I think that's a good question. Do we I don't know, know. We don't know that yet. I don't think do we. At the moment, we don't. Um, and if they do challenge it, you need to let us know because then we'll pick it up with the BMA, who are very much on this, um, and uh, as are we. So. And just to give you the climate of the way in which the BMA are approaching this, um, in any ICB area that are perhaps suggesting they won't honour that particular paragraph in the NHS England letter, they are supporting those uh, practices in those areas. So it's very local and live. Okay. And just to sort of follow up from that, it's just um, the concern is that we have a negative impact on cash flow. And I completely understand if you think that there's going to be a little bit of investigation into that, um, you're worried that the money isn't going to come through. Thank you so much, Will. And thank you so much, um, Michelle. That's been really useful. Will, I know you've got another meeting to go to. So thank you so much for that. Um, and uh, no doubt we will yeah, send out more information on flu as and when um, it comes out. But that's been really clear. So thank you. Thank you very much for that. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so we don't have a huge, a, more, a lot more on the agenda. We've got a couple of things you just wanted to bring to your attention. I think, um, Lorne, I think you're next up. Thanks, Louise. Yes, it's only just uh, something small, really, um, <laughs> we wanted to highlight um, about pneumococcal, because whilst that's given all year round, as we know, um, predominantly uh, around flu season, there, there are a few more because it can and is co-administered in some instances. So the Green Book Chapter 25 for pneumococcal has just been updated. So if you are giving pneumococcal at the same time as flu at your flu clinics, it would be worth having a look and checking those updates now. Uh, it says the updates include um, new conjugate ve vaccines, uh, the latest IPD incidence data, but there's a new section on recommendations for the routine use of the pneumococcal vaccines and also updated information for individuals with cochlear implants. So might be worth a look for that if you're going to consider giving pneumococcal alongside your flu clinics this year. Thank you, Don. Um, that's really helpful. Thank you. Um, there's just been a question in the chat. Um, is there any further news on the funding for the 6% staff, up, staff uplifts? Our staff keep asking about it. I think we saw something in today that said there wasn't anything, didn't we, Michelle? That's correct. So um, the uh, chair of uh, GPC sent us an update today. They are still liaising with NHSE and hope to have an update shortly. As soon as it's available, we will absolutely share it with practices. Thank you. Yeah, um, but good, good question. And, and that's the joy of having these sort of um, regular um, updates so we can sort of keep keep chatting as we go. So there's another question coming in now. It's back to flu. Is co-administering flu and pneumo, can, if co-administering flu and pneumo, can COVID also be co-administered? I don't know whether, Dawn, you might be a good person to answer that. I, I'm not sure. What I would suggest is you need to 
check the Green Book and mm-hmm. the PPDs re- regarding that um, because, yeah, you can co-administer some of them all together, it's true, but I'm not sure without checking the Green Book and the PGDs, so that would be my my first port of call to check on that. Um, if you're not sure because it is clinical, we can always go or you could always go or we could do it for you to the um, screening and immunisation teams if you want some further clarification. If that's something when we need, we can always pop that on the um, get get the answer when we publish the podcast. We can pop that on for you. Um, oh, thank you. You're very welcome. That's just a thank you that came in on the, on the Q and A um, box. Okay, so I think I was just going to mention we've got a couple of um, new podcasts out that might be interesting. We've got these on um, IMG, so International Medical Graduates. So these are. Um, these are GPs who've trained, they're not GPs, they're doctors who've had their medical training outside the UK and they're coming to the UK to have their GP training. And some of you, the training practices, will be hosting IMGs and um, international medical graduates over the next couple of months. So we've had a conversation about how to welcome them into our practice if you're a host um, a host practice, also spoken to one of the IMGs who's given us some great tips and what he wished he'd known when he first became um, a GP trainee in this country. So they're just two free audio podcasts. It might be interesting for you um, and possibly your staff and GPs to also listen to get a few a few hints about how to make that transition easy. And then finally, I was just going to mention what we've got coming up as far as practice manager updates go. So the next Wednesday, so they've got 30th of August coming up, then Wednesday's the 13th of September, the 27th of September, then we're popping on to a Friday the 13th of October. I hope nobody sort of feels like that's a little bit ominous. Um, and Adam Tuckett is going to talk to us about the upcoming 31st of October deadline for online access. We thought that would be a useful thing. I know we've talked about this a lot, and I hope we're not boring you, but we just thought it would be useful to sort of mention it again. So that's going to be the Friday. Friday the 30th, 13th, sorry, Friday the 13th of October at one o'clock. And that will be Adam Tuckett coming to join us on this practice manager update webinar. But it'll be all turn at Wednesdays until then. So thank you very much. Um, I think it's been a really useful one today. We've had a good attendance today and no doubt there'll be more people listening online um, afterwards. So thank you very much to Michelle. Thank you for Dawn. Thank you to um, to Will, who's left us now. And um, I just hope that's been useful. And we will see you again very soon. Thank you. Bye bye. Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice.